Good morning. Welcome to worship at Flat Springs Baptist Church. It's so good to see everyone here this morning. Uh, if you're visiting with us for the first time, we want to say a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here. We do have visitors' cards in the pew. If you'll take one and fill it out, you just drop it in the offering plate as that comes by. Uh, several announcements to share this morning. Uh, Stephanie was able to deliver a total of 272 non-perishable items to Bread of Life this past week um, from our Super Bowl collection. And for any of you who want to know the count, the official count, it was 161 cans for Kansas City and 111 for San Francisco. So you have your totals and your numbers, and we're so excited that we were able to give that many cans um, to Bread of Life. And Stephanie said that um, as she went, there was a line of people waiting for, for those cans. So um, thank you for your donations. There will be a blood drive here on Friday, February 28th from 2.30 to 7. A sign-up sheet is available in the atrium if that is something that you would be interested in taking part in. Uh, also out there um, in the atrium on the sign-up sheet board, uh, there is a sign-up sheet for anybody who is able to help provide a meal for uh, Family Promise. Uh, Stephanie has that all listed out there um, telling you what she needs specifically. Um, and she wanted me to let you know that that is um, something that you can do if you would like to cook or if you would like to buy something. So if you are worried about having time to prepare something, um, you're more than welcome to bring something that you buy. Um, but just take a look at that sign-up sheet out there and see what their needs are for that. Um, I know she would greatly appreciate the help. Uh, we do have Deep Impact Kids brochure, camp brochures on either side of me this morning. Uh, if you have a student who is going to be finishing first grade through fifth grade that would be interested in going with us to Camp Munda Vista this summer, uh, we do have those brochures available. It tells you all the information you would ever need to know. Uh, but if you do have questions or concerns, please come and see me, and I'll be glad to answer those questions for you. Um, if you have seen these around church or in your Sunday school room, I want to tell you a little bit about this. Um, first, we are going to be having High Attendance Sunday on Sunday, March 29th. Uh, but in order to prepare for that Sunday and to get our classrooms ready and looking spiffy, uh, we're going to have a church-wide cleanup day on Saturday, March the 21st from 9 until 12. So we're inviting all our Sunday school teachers or anybody who uh, would like to come out and help to help us clean up um, the inside. And we're also going to be cleaning up the outside of the church in preparation for all the visitors that you're going to invite for High Attendance Sunday. Um, and so just mark your calendar for that and come on out and help us out with that um, opportunity. Also, just so you know, um, our students will be here that weekend for D Now, and so they are going to be helping us out that morning as well as their service project for the weekend. So uh, if you would like a youth helper, you are more than welcome to have one to come and help you clean windows or dust blinds, whatever you need to do, uh, but just make sure that you've got that on your calendar. A few prayer requests to share this morning as well. Um, Anthony Harrington remains a patient at CCH. Uh, for anyone wanting to visit, he is in room 329. Ted Thomas is still at Western Wake, room 125, for anyone wanting to visit. 
And then um, Audrey Hash will be having a procedure coming up, and so we want to be praying for her. And then Betty Smith is a patient at Moore Regional and is recovering from a stroke. So we want to remember her in our prayers as well. Would you go to God in prayer with me now? Gracious and loving God, we thank you that we are here this morning, Lord, that you woke us up and that we were able to come to this place of, of worship so that we can give glory and honor to you, God. God, I want to lift up these prayer concerns that we've mentioned just now, God. We know that you know the needs, and we just pray that you would meet those needs however you can, Lord. God, I pray that you be with us now and that you would quiet our hearts and still our minds so that we can focus on you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. number 16, O Worship the King. Let's stand.
Let us pray. Our dear and most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord. Please, God, lead and direct us this week, dear Lord, and we ask that you accept and bless these tithes and these offerings to be used for thy will and service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs> that was just played during our offertory. Uh, there were two pieces, and I know one of them was the majesty and glory of your name, if you're trying to figure out what it was. So 
hymn number four, To God Be the Glory, the theme for our uh, message today. Well, good morning. How are y'all? Good. Okay. So today, Pastor Gary is going to be talking about God's glory. That's that's something pretty cool to think about, isn't it? We don't really think about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Absolutely. Okay. So I want to share a verse with you, and it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Sounds great, right? But what does that mean? How do we glorify God in everything we do? The word glory 
can mean greatness. It can mean honor. It can mean praise, like when we sing praises to God. It can mean worship. So to glorify God means to praise and worship Him, but we don't just stop there. Yes, sir. Or pray. Or pray. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Okay, hold on. We glorify God by loving Him and doing what He commands throughout the day. We glorify God when we sing to Him, when we pray to Him, when we read His Word. But we also glorify God when we do what He tells us to do and when we love Him in whatever we're doing. We glorify God when we do that which we were created to do. So this morning, I brought some pictures with me. And I want to show them to you. You tell me if you think that what the people in the picture are doing is glorifying God or not. Does that make sense? Okay, we're going to try out the first one. So the first one's this. And these two girls are fighting over a toy. Do you think that glorifies God? No. No, it does not. Y'all are doing good. All right. What about this? Going to church. Yes. Yes. Yes, I think so too. All right. What about this one? What are these people doing? They're reading the Bible and praying. So do we think that one glorifies God? Yeah. Okay. What about this one? No. What are they doing? They're annoying each other or arguing, right? Do you ever argue with your brother or sister? Always. Well, that is not glorifying God. No. (laughs) Okay. What about this one? Telling someone about Jesus. Yeah, that's glorifying God. Absolutely. What about this one? What are they doing? They're singing. Who do you think they're singing? To God. They're singing praises to God. All right. What about this last one? What's she doing? She's not listening to her mama. She is putting her hand up. You don't do that, okay? That is not glorifying God because God tells us to obey our mother and father, right? Yeah. So what Pastor Deary is going to be talking about today, glorifying God and what that means in all of God's glory and his greatness, basically what I want you guys to do is to remember that every single day, by the things you say and by the things you do, you have an opportunity to glorify God. And we want to do that with our actions. And so like what we saw this morning when we pray, and we read our Bible, and we come to church, and we sing praises to God, and we're nice to our brothers and sisters, and we listen to our mom and dad, and to our teachers, and to adults, that is glorifying God. Okay? Can we remember that this week? Yeah? Okay. Let's say a prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these children, God. I thank you that we were able to learn this morning what it means to glorify you. And God, I pray that we would go out and do that with every single thing that we say and do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
sorry. <laughs> okay, Job chapter 11, verses 7 through 9. Can you discover God's hidden secrets, or are you able to find the Almighty's limits? God's wisdom is higher than heaven. What can you do? It is deeper than the depths of hell. What can you know? It is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. Pray with me. Lord, we sang that glory belongs to you. It is out of the riches of your glory that we have life. You inhabit the praise when we give you glory of your people. And God, we want to invite you to inhabit our lives this morning and for the rest of our lives. Oh God, we would desire for your spirit to fall fresh on us. And God, we want to acknowledge we know some things that might stop that from happening. God, if there's unrepented sin in our life, that will stop our praise. So, Lord, we come today to repent and invite you to hear our confession and to offer your sweet forgiveness and to rightwise us, to make us righteous, to take the part of our life that's laying on its side and stand it back up correctly, to create in us a clean heart, O oh God, to renew the joy of our salvation. Lord, Usually when we think of sins, we think of the Big Ten, sexual immorality, wanton desires of our flesh or of our will, anger toward a brother or sister that's unresolved. But Lord, Remind us today in worship that Satan is more subtle than that. And that he desires more than anything else to keep our praise from becoming our reality because he knows if we don't get our praise on, we'll walk out of this building pretty much like we entered and the strength that could be ours that comes from the Holy Spirit will be wanton because, Lord, we did not invite you to strengthen us. And the power of our testimony will be weakened because we did not ask you to cleanse us and make us white as snow. And, Lord, just to preoccupy our mind as Satan would do, to not think for a moment of what your voice is saying in our worship 
to not hear what you're up to in this very moment, in this very place, will interfere with our praise. And Lord, you inhabit the praise of your people. So we invite you, O oh God, to hear our confession, to hear our rededication, to hear us as we say, get behind me, Satan, and today I want to glorify the name of the Lord my God. So our prayer and our praise and our preaching today is to you, our God, be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
God. Open your Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to begin to read with verse 14, and we're going to read through verse 21. It was pointed out to me today that I'd been quoting our Bible verse wrong. How many of y'all had figured that out? Some trust in chariots, and I was saying, and some trust in horses, and it is, some of you are looking at me like, what is he talking about? But those 60 of you who are doing, knowing and uh, experiencing God, knowing and doing the will of God, uh, so it's some trust in in chariots, some in horses, but not some trust in horses. So that's where I was. But I got this right. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. I hope you're praying for those that are taking that class because I want to tell you I have an expectancy that out of that class, God is going to say something. He's going to give a direction. He's going to do something that I haven't even thought of. I wish I was smart enough to think about it, but I'm not. But God is, because we trust in his holy name. Have you found Ephesians chapter 3? If you're able, let me invite you to stand as a way of honoring the reading of this portion of God's word. Paul is talking about the mystery and the power of the gospel and he comes to this place in verse 14 and he says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. That's just a powerful image, isn't it? From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according, get this, to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in your inner, inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. May God add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his most holy word. Pray with me. Oh God, would you speak to us today about your glory? And would your glory fall fresh on us as we praise your name above every name, as we lift you in our lives to first place, as we promise again and renew our promises to love you with all our heart and all our mind, and all our soul, and all our strength, and to love our neighbor 
out of that abundance of life. Oh, God, here we are. <laughs> we lift ourselves up to you, oh, God. And we invite you to fill us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. On Wednesday nights, I try to do a kind of a beginning to what we're going to do on Sunday mornings. We talk about the same kind of theme. I usually find some other scriptures and bring that to our attention, and I did that. And I asked the crowd... What does the word glory mean? And there was a moment of awkward silence in the room. Because it, it's a word we know. And we, we understand it sort of, kind of, maybe. I mean, glory, we've heard about it. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory to his name. Glorify his name. Glorious is your name. Give glory. We go to glory. He is the glory. His glory shines. And then there's my favorite. Glor-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-or-
Paul makes it abundantly clear in Romans chapter 1. You might want to turn there. If you don't, I'm going to begin to read in verse 18. You can remain seated. Romans 1, verse 18. I want you to hear what Paul says about how every person on the planet should see creation and glorify God. Every person should see the creation and glorify God. Let me say it a different way. You and I, every morning when we rise up and see that we're still on this planet, I have folks who tell me sometimes, I say, how are you? They say, well, I'm still on the right side of the grass. You know what they mean, right? Every morning when we rise up with a new life, with with life again, that we have awakened to a new day, we should recognize. Listen to what Paul says. He says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven, and that's the creation, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them. It's plain. It should be clear that this earth just didn't happen. This world just didn't happen. I'm going to say it this way. You've got to be a special kind of stupid to think it did. You really do. You've really got to reach deep into some weird place to think that this just happened. He goes on in verse 20 to say, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of this world. In the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God, or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Did you hear what he just said? And now because we see it on the internet or hear it on the television, we think that it's got to be right. They should have seen the world, he says, He goes on to, look, look, verse 22, he says, claiming to be wise, they became fools. And I want you to hear what verse 23 says. And exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. What a powerful image of the reality that God's world is around us. It touches us in every way. God meets us every day through what we taste, through what we see, through what we smell, through what we hear, and what we can feel. Psalms 19, 1 says, The heavens, and that's again the created order, declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. You know, I got to thinking about it. If, if a lesser God had made this world, we might have, he might have, she might have, they might have done it differently. 
you know, we might have made a few fish, right? Maybe four or five, 10, 12, 20 different kinds, 50. You know, a few different kind of animals, a few kind of birds. We, we might have made a, a few insects. A few I might have left off, Just I'm just telling you. Might not have made them at all. Ticks and mosquitoes. I don't think I'd have made them, I'm just saying. Do you know how many species are on this planet? By science is best guessed. And by the way, it's a guess. They will tell you. In fact, in all the reading I did this week, they say known species. In fact, Mammals, you know, warm-blooded, hairy things like you and me. Some of us more than others, but anyway. You would think we'd know about all of them, right? Well, in 2018, we identified 6,495 known mammals. Well, why do I mention that? Because that's 1,079 more we've discovered in the last 13 years from 2005 to 2018. 1,079 that until 2018 we didn't even know existed on this planet. Have you figured out how many species are on this planet? 87 million different critters. Eight point, almost nine million critters <laughs> on this earth. 7.77 million species of animals. Only less than a million have been described and cataloged. 298 thousand species of plants, 611,000 species of fungi, mold, and mushrooms, 36,400 protozoas, 27,500 chromostas. When it comes to birds, how many would you have made? The Lord made 10,000 that we know about in 245 different families. 1,100 of them fly around the United States. There are 28,000 known species of fish. There are 5.5 million species of insects. And the most numbered critters in the insect world or ants. There are a hundred thousand trillion ants. Most of them in my backyard, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Seven thousand amphibians, fifty-five hundreds of those are toads or frogs, and ten thousand seven hundred known species. If that doesn't make you say wow at how our God can create, I don't know what it will take. The heavens.
heavens declare his glory. <laughs> the heavens declare he's a glorious God. He's a magnificent God. He's a wonderful God. He's a God above our understanding. So I want to ask us today, thank you for taking care of that insect. You're a good man. <laughs> How can we see creation through the eyes of our faith? Because I want to tell you what will rob you of growth with God is if you just see this world as though you own it. If you just think it's yours. If you've got a deed to a chunk of land and say this is mine, I'm here to tell you it's not yours. It's not. If we could rise up every day and call God blessed because when we see the sun come up, we could say, God, thank you for having us, for those of you that were here a couple of weeks ago, in the Goldilocks zone. Thank you for putting this planet in the perfect place. Thank you for letting me be able to see the beauty of your sky. Thank you for letting me be able to, to see. Uh, Kathy came in and said she saw three deer run across the road. Most of us are going to go home and pet a, a puppy or a kitty. And we're going to enjoy God's creation and how God can even let those animals have a relationship with us. And when we see a rainbow or we see the geese flying over or we see any of his wonderful, magnificent creation, don't do like Paul warned us in Romans 1 to stop and just worship the created. Worship the creator. Give him the glory. Give him the glory. You see, when we see through the eyes of faith, we see the world differently. Do you think a frog knows how many insects there are in the world? He's only worried about the ones right in front of him. That's all he cares about. Because that's what he was created to do. Deer still do like deer did thousands of years ago. The animals still do like they've always done. But you and I, we were created in the image of God, Genesis 1 tells us. We were created differently. We were created to give glory to God. We were created to acknowledge Him. So what is our response to God revealing His glory and His creation? It's first to be good stewards of what God has created and to recognize His glory. Don't become complacent. Let me ask it this way. Are you a part-time worshiper? Are you a part-time? Are you more of a glancer at God? Or you stare at God? You know, I don't, I don't like for people to stare at me. Do you like for people to stare at you? But when I'm talking to somebody, there's something really powerful about eye-to-eye -eye contact, isn't there? And you can almost see that they're listening. It's easy in this world to just glance at God. Oh, yeah, God, have a good day, God. Lord, I need a little help here. Have a great day, God. He inhabits the praise of his people. How many of us want God to inhabit us? How many of us want God to dwell in us? How many of us want God to fill us up? That every circumstance, every situation, every moment of every day, 
His power is our power. I want to be a full-time worshiper, not a part-time. I don't want to be a glancer at God. I want to be a starer at God. I want to make eye contact with God and lock on and not look away. Do we know about God's glory? Do we recognize the gift of our great creator? And do we stand in awe of it? Secondly, I want us to think for just a moment about God's glory in Christ. We're very soon going to be moving into the Easter season. We've just left the Christmas season. We gave thanks for the birth of our Lord and Savior and we praised Him. We joined with the angels as they were singing glory, glory, glory to God in the highest. And soon we'll be moving to his death and his burial and his resurrection. God's glory was shown so clearly in Christ. John 1 verse 9 and following says, The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That's Jesus. He was in the world. He was in the world. Christ was in the world. And the world was made through him. Yet the world didn't know him. Did we know Jesus specifically last week, every day? He came to his own and his own people. They didn't receive him. But to all who did receive him and believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Christ, God's glory come to this earth. The gospel, oh, you know I love Romans 1, 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power of God into salvation. What do I have to give you? I want to say with the apostles, I don't have anything to give you except one thing. And that's the name of Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And every tongue confess that he is glorious and he is Lord. What's our response? The greatest visible manifestation of God's glory walked on the earth in the form of, our, of his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know what I've discovered? That most of us are looking more for miracles than we are to look at miracle workers. That's what Jesus said when they came. The Pharisees said, show us the miracle. When he was on the cross, they said, pull yourself off the cross. That'd be the greatest miracle of all. Just come down off that cross and then we'll believe you. Too many times we look for the miracle. But our call is to look for the miracle worker who's in our presence. I wonder what miracle you might need in your heart or in your life today. I wonder what miracle... God's already done. 
I wonder what miracle the miracle worker would remind us changed everything. I want to tell you the greatest miracle that I've ever experienced. And I've seen some things in my life. But the greatest miracle of all, I was sitting about where Amanda was sitting, but it was not in this church. It was at Second Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I was 12 years old. My daddy was a pastor. I went, I went to church every time the doors opened, all my life. But I remember that night. Because on that night, Second Baptist Church was having revival. And Raymond Head was standing in our pulpit preaching. And I don't know the words that Raymond Head said. I couldn't tell you what his sermon was. I couldn't tell you a song that was sung that night. But I can tell you this. On that night, I met the miracle worker. I met the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I met the one who created the earth. But he came personally down to 1700 Main Street, Chattanooga, Tennessee, to the second row to a 12-year-old boy. And he changed my world. And he changed my heart. And he changed my life. That's what the miracle worker wants to do. That's where the glory is. To God be the glory. Great things he hath done. So loved he the world. <laughs> That he gave us his son. To God be the glory. Finally this morning. In our text today in Ephesians. In verse 21 it says. To him be glory in the church. And in Christ Jesus through all generations. We've talked about the glory of God in creation. We've talked about the glory of God in Christ. Church. You and I are to reflect the glory of God. I want to tell you there's power in what we could do. Today, during uh, our Baptist men's, uh, Randy just gave me a word. I don't even think he meant to. God gave, God gave me a word and used Randy to do it. He said someone had called him about the upcoming event on May the 9th. We're going to have Hank Parker hopefully out in this field. Hopefully we're going to have people who wouldn't come to church for any other reason, but they'd come here a celebrity in the hunting, fishing world, and hopefully they're going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it is the power of God unto salvation. And my prayer, my hope, my desire, my goal, my aim, my all in all, is that someone's going to come to know Jesus Christ during that time. That's what I'm praying for. That's the most spectacular thing that I think is going to happen. It may be the only time anybody's ever accepted Christ out in that field, but I'm excited because I believe it's going to happen. But he said, someone called and said, how, how can I be of assistance? And he said, there's two things you can do. You can pray and you can show up. You can pray and you can show up. 
Now, I can add some stuff to that. You can study your Bible. You can invite people. You can encourage people. But I want you to understand, God has planted this church here to his glory. We're to be a reflector of his glory. We're to be a mirror of his glory. Jesus tells us that in Matthew. He says, let your light so shine before men. What's our light? It's a reflection of his light. He's already told us in John 1, he's the light. And we just reflect it. Let your light so shine before men. Why? That they may see your good works and do what? Glorify your Father who's in heaven. That's what we're here to do. It's to give glory to God. To praise God. To worship God. To adore God. To tell the world we love God at Flat Springs Baptist Church. And we can pray. And we can show up. And God will use a praying, showing up church to magnify his glory. That's what we're called to do, church. That's what he wants. That's as hard as it is, and that's as easy as it is. But that's what it is. You see, the church was established to give glory to God. When, when Peter in Matthew 18 said, you are the Christ you are the son of the living God. Jesus said, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And upon this Petros, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Listen, the church will never lose. We've already won because Jesus won the war. Our job is to reflect his glory and to proclaim the victory. When we sing, oh, victory in Jesus, that's our theme song. We've already won. But it's our job to reflect his glory. He tells us, as we began that passage in verse 14, I love the way he says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father to praise him, to adore him, to be the mirror. You know, he told us greater things we do. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You know what my prayer is going to be? Day to day, oh God, use me somehow, some way to glorify your name in the presence of everybody that they may see your glory. God will answer that prayer. He'll honor that prayer. That's the prayer we need to be praying. That's the role of the church. Are we asking for glorious things, you and I? I believe God can still change. I know he can. I know he can change me. <laughs> I remember when he started when I was 12 years old. And I love that song that we sing, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth, and Jupiter and Mars. But oh, how patient he must be because he's still working on me. And I'm grateful he's still working. Is he still working on you? Is he still working on you? 
I wonder today if we might open our heart up and say, Oh God, here's an area. Here's a, here's a thing, God. Here's a, here's a situation, God. Here's a place, God, in my life where I could reflect your glory better if you just clean my mirror up a little bit. <laughs> if you just wash me and make me whiter than snow. Oh, God can still change. He wants to change. He wants to change hearts. He wants to change lives. He wants to change families. He wants to change communities. He wants to change churches. And so, to God be the glory. Great things he has done. Have you given him glory this morning? Have you done that? We're about to leave. If you haven't, make sure manifesting his presence in your life. Give him the glory. The more glory we give, listen, listen, the more glory we give, the more God will show up in our life. The more glory we give, the more he'll change our thinking. The more glory we give, the more he'll make clear what he wants us to do. Knowing and doing and experiencing the will of God. It starts by giving glory. Some trust in chariots and in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. To God be the glory. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that you desire to show up. Lord, there, we know that that problem is right there. Maybe it's a health issue, God. Maybe it's a challenge at work. Maybe it's a challenge in our home, God. And God, we know it's a challenge within our own walk with you. As those who love you and who are believers. God, hear us when we say, to you be the glory. Great things you've done. And we thank you for this created world that just exudes with your glory. And we thank you for Christ Jesus who put on flesh who left the splendors and the glory of heaven to come to walk among us and to one day meet a 12-year-old boy in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Maybe, maybe you're right here meeting someone today, oh God. And God, may we, your church, reflect your glory that others may see you and glorify your holy name. Lord, you know every decision that if it were made today in the way that your Holy Spirit is leading us to make a decision right now, that it would bring glory to your name. I bind Satan and I cast him out of this place. And I pray your Holy Spirit falls fresh and that each of us will respond to your spirit. 
in this moment. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Our hymn of decision is page 281. I don't know what God may be saying to you and what you need to say to God, but the invitation is open and available to whosoever will. If you need to come to God, be the glory as we stand together. I thought in our worship today as Miss Vivian Kemp was cooing of the glory of God. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? His glory. It's all around us. Don't miss it. And now as we leave this place, may we do so in God's peace. And in his power and in his abiding presence that we might be his people who give him glory in the midst of all his people. Would you pray with me? God, go with us from here that we might live a life that reflects your glory. Lord, let our light so shine before men and women this week that they may see the works you do through us, our good works, and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah.